0: Welcome back to the DIRS show. Um, On Monday, I talked about what happened at Stanford Law School, where students silenced a federal judge and the dean of diversity basically sided with the students uh, saying that we shouldn't have people like that judge speaking to law school students because it may hurt their feelings. Well, if you thought that was the end of it, uh, uh, it's just the beginning. And I'll explain why. Uh, So yesterday, according to a story in the New York Post, and I'll read it to you, hundreds of black clad masked students. Now, what does that sound like? Black clad masked students hijacked a class conducted by the dean of the Stanford Law School in protest for her apologizing along with the president of the university to the judge who was invited and then uh, shut down and not allowed to uh, speak. Um, Students were threatened with uh, violence. Um, um, Some students, quote, had received physical threats and intimidation. Um, Their names were released, the students who had invited uh, the the dean. Um, uh, I'll continue from another story. The student activists uh, appeared unchastened. They slammed Stanford for throwing, quote, its capable and compassionate administrators, namely the Dean of Diversity, under the bus, according to an email sent to a mailing list for the Stanford chapter of the National Lawyers Guild. Now, you can hear more about the National Lawyers Guild, things you don't know, uh, in this podcast. Uh, there, board members of the chapter, which helped organize the protests, Uh, praised every single person who disrupted Duncan, characterizing the protest's conduct as Stanford Law School at its best. And they have threatened to continue these protests, both at Stanford and at other universities around the country. We have now learned, which is really interesting, that this was not an isolated instance. This was part of a well-planned, nationwide effort to disrupt conservative speakers, organized by the National Lawyers Guild. The National Lawyers Guild is behind these protests. These aren't just random protests by angry students. These are well-organized nationwide protests that are going to spread all over the country. Now, what is the National Lawyers Guild? Let me explain. The National Lawyers Guild started in the 1930s as a overtly communist organization. Nobody was embarrassed about it or ashamed about it. They supported Stalin um, at, uh, in 19 and uh, in the 1930s. The National Lawyers Guild supported uh, the Nazi uh, coalition with Russia. Remember the, the, the pact that Russia, the Soviet Union, made with Hitler. Um, The National Lawyers Guild supported it because, of course, the Soviet Union uh, supported it. Uh, When that pact broke down, suddenly the National Lawyers Guild said, no, no, we're we're not going to support the Nazi regime anymore. But before the Nazis uh, invaded Russia and broke the treaty, the National Lawyers Guild essentially called Great Britain the aggressors, uh, the colonialist, capitalist, imperialist aggressors and supported the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. That's the origin of the National Lawyers Guild. Over time, um, some people quit the guild as the result of their direct association with communism. They were a classic communist front organization that worked closely with the Communist Party. Now, in 1948, when Israel was established, the National Lawyers Guild was extremely supportive. They thought it was a wonderful thing to see the National Liberation Movement of the Jewish people, the establishment of a potentially socialist state in the Middle East. Uh, Why did the National Lawyers Guild support the establishment of Israel enthusiastically? Because the Soviet Union supported the establishment of Israel and supported Israel for the first years of its existence. Then, suddenly, after the 1967 war, that was the war where Egypt and Syria threatened a genocidal attack on Israel. The Soviet Union changed its mind. The Soviet Union then stopped supporting Israel. It broke off diplomatic relations with Israel. What do you think the National Lawyers Guild did? It switched on a dime. said, Oh, no, no, no. We no longer support Israel as we did in 1948. Nothing changed in Israel. It only changed in the Soviet Union. So the National Lawyers Guild said, now we oppose Israel. We oppose Israel so much that um, we now believe that Israel should be wiped off the map and by violence. Um, and um, and it, it's okay to engage in violence. It demanded that um, uh, the rights of Palestinians to resist the colonial colonizing power that seeks to annihilate them, including through armed struggle. It criticized attempts by the United States, and this is recent, this is in 2021, uh, to facilitate the normalization of diplomatic relations between Israel and various Arab states as a project designed to advance Israeli impunity. In other words, it opposed the Abraham Accords. Virtually everybody in the world supported the, the Abraham Accords, but not the National Lawyers Guild, because the National Lawyers Guild still remains... um, And and here I'll read to you from one of the founders Uh, when there was an argument between some of the older people and the younger people in in the guild, the younger people were more radical, the older people were more traditional uh, Marxists, Um, Victor Rabinowitz, who I knew, Here's what he said. He was the founder of the um, National Lawyers Guild and and a communist. I mean, uh, Victor Rabinowitz openly asserted that he supported communism. Um, Still, Rabinowitz argued that those of us who are Marxists, I'm not sure I understand the difference between a Marxist and a communist. Those of us who are Marxists, said the founder of the National Lawyers Guild, should welcome young new members because in their emphasis on the freedom of the individual, perhaps the young are looking to the ultimate goal of communism rather than the intermediate state of socialism. In other words, National Lawyers Guild, according to the founder, is okay with socialism as long as it ultimately leads to uh, communism. So so that's who the National Lawyers Guild is. Uh, Let nobody think that they are, you know, patriotic Americans or uh, decent people who uh, just want to be liberal and maybe even progressive. No, that's not who the National Lawyers Guild are. National Lawyers Guild are Marxist, uh, enemies of America, uh, anti-Semite, anti-Semites, anti many of them Jewish, uh, who don't believe in the existence of Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people, and support uh, armed violence, support Hamas, Hezbollah. I don't know what their position is on Iran getting a nuclear bomb. After all, Iran is not could not be characterized as a progressive state. It kills gays, it uh, kills women. Um, But I don't know what the National Lawyers Guild is. I never heard them condemn Iran, maybe they have, but I haven't heard them condemning Iran, but they condemn Israel all the time. and They condemn America all the time. And they are a powerful organization. They have thousands of members. They were a powerless organization when they only uh, included lawyers. It was the National Lawyers Guild. They had no influence and very few members. So they expanded. Now they include jailhouse lawyers, qualify as lawyers. These are thugs, criminals who are now in prison helping other prisoners. They qualify for membership. Legal help, legal workers, legal assistants, paralegals, secretaries, anybody else who works in the in the legal profession. So now they have expanded their numbers considerably and they have chapters national lawyers guild chapters in virtually i wouldn't say virtually in many many law schools around the country including all the prominent uh, law schools now i think the vast majority of students who join the national lawyers guild have no idea who they are have no idea that they advocate violence have no idea that they took orders for years from the uh, the soviet union have no idea that they support uh, violence against uh, Jews in Israel, have no idea that they still are a Marxist Leninist organization. They have no idea. No, the National Lawyers Guild, they're a bunch of cool guys and women, and you know, they, uh, they, they, they are slightly to the left of uh, the squad, AOC and others. Uh, remember too, that the National Lawyers Guild is against free speech, except for thee, is against due process. Uh, When I was uh, teaching at um, uh, Harvard, the National Lawyers Guild branch in Boston issued an edict that nobody can defend a person accused of rape, even if they're innocent, Uh, not the National Lawyers Guild. Then they changed their mind when a black person was charged with rape. Oh, if he's black, then you can defend him, even if he's guilty. But if he's white and innocent, the National Lawyers Guild said, you can't defend them. So let there be no mistake about what the National Lawyers Guild is. They are not a civil liberties organization. They are not a civil rights organization. They are a Marxist-Leninist organization that sees as its goal the end of imperialism, the end of capitalism, if possible, the end of America, the end of Israel. And, um, and, and it is what's organizing these protests. And so these are not just incidental, accidental protests. These are not sporadic, episodic, spontaneous uh, displays of concern about a judge. These are well-organized, well-thought-through, and they're working, and they're working. They're attracting students, uh, with a few exceptions. Thankfully, the dean of Stanford, the president of Stanford, had the courage at least to stand up against them. Most faculty members are absolutely frightened of them, as I've said over and over again. In 60 years of academic life, uh, from the time I started in law school, um, I have never met a less courageous group of people than tenured professors. Tenure does not work. Tenure is supposed to embolden people to express their personal views. That's not what happens. Professors with tenure are scared of the students. Administrators are scared of the professors and the students and the students are scared of nobody because nobody holds them accountable. Uh, They become radicals. They become members of the National Lawyers Guild. They become disruptive. Then they put on a suit and a tie. They go to apply to law firms. They pretend they're, you know, ordinary liberals, maybe progressives. Uh, They don't put National Lawyers Guild on their uh, resumes, and they certainly don't tell their potential employers, oh, by the way, we're, we're the ones who conducted these uh, violent uh, demonstrations. We're the ones who called a federal judge scum. We're the ones who uh, asked a question saying, um, you're heterosexual, why don't you know anything about clits? That was the question that was asked by the, by the uh, student who said he he is gay and he understands about prostates. I don't even know what that means. But, uh, but uh, that was the nature of the question. Uh, So there's a lot of hidden ball going on around here. A lot of double standards going around here. And what I'm calling for is transparency. I want to know who these people are who are destroying our Constitution. I want to know who these people are who are turning the legal profession into an oppressive group of people who treat students who don't agree with them terribly. Students were terrorized. When these uh, radicals wore masks to class, masks, black co- costumes, I mean, that sounds like a Ku Klux Klan bit. Um, and, 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 and they terrorize students. They frighten them. They harass them. Uh, they threaten them. That's the National Lawyers Guild. And that's who Stanford is, is, is tolerating. It, it's not enough simply to condemn um, the dean who deserves condemnation, or the students, there has to be some action taken. Now, some of this is protected free speech. Going and with a black, with a mask and and with a black jacket uh, and standing silently outside of a classroom to protest the dean—that's protected speech. Going into the classroom, disrupting the classroom—no, that's not protected speech. Intimidating students, no, that's not protected speech. Listing the names of the students, yes, that's protected speech Uh, on both sides. Uh, That is, the National Lawyers Guild has already listed the names of Federalist Society members who invited Judge Duncan. But now they're protesting, oh, but don't give our names out because that's McCarthyism. It's the same thing, number one. Number two, it's not McCarthyism because McCarthyism exposed people who didn't want to be exposed who had changed from being communists in the 1930s and become loyal, patriotic Americans who served in the Second World War and then who opposed communism, but their names were exposed and put on blacklists. That was McCarthyism. Holding students accountable for what they've done and what, they've, what they have prevented others from doing, their actions, not their speech, their actions, holding them responsible for their actions, Letting law firms know who they're hiring, letting law firms know that this kid who comes in with a shirt and a tie, the woman who comes in with a a nice suit, they're not what they seem. They are radical, anti-intellectual, anti-freedom of speech, anti-due process radicals who would love nothing more than to bring the United States down. Uh, These are people who will not well-serve their clients, and will not well serve the legal profession. Again, I don't want blacklists. I don't want discrimination against people based on their ideas or their advocacy of free speech. But I do want people to be held accountable when they prevent others from listening to people who they want to hear from. And that's what happened at Stanford. And that's what's happening all over the country. So stay tuned, because it's coming to a law school near you. It's the beginning, not the end. And we have to understand this was not a sporadic, spontaneous, simple episode directed at Judge Duncan. The same kind of action preventing a speaker from speaking would be directed at me for several reasons. One, I'm a very proud Zionist. I support Israel's right to exist and to thrive. Do I support all of Israel's policies? Of course not. Do I support all of America's policies? Of course not. All of France, Canada. No. I don't support anybody's policies 100%. But I am a proud Zionist, and that would be a basis for students not wanting other students to hear my defense of uh, Israel. I also defended President Donald Trump in front of the United States Senate. Proud of that. was the oldest person in American history ever to defend an impeached uh, president. Um, I was also the youngest person in history ever to be a professor at Harvard Law School. So I'm pretty proud of those parentheses to my career. But as the result of being President uh, Trump's lawyer and as a result of being Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer, um, uh, people would protest uh, my speaking and educating uh, students. Today, I had a real pleasure. I spoke to a high school class uh, by Zoom uh, on Staten Island. And there's a class on forensics. And these kids, these eager 16, 17, 18-year-old men and women, they were sitting at the edge of their seat. They wanted to hear what I had to say, how I won cases based on forensics. And, and, and they weren't protesting. They were learning. That's what people are supposed to do in law school. Go to class, learn how to be a great lawyer, and protest on the street, hold, you know, go stand on a soapbox, write an op-ed, that's all fine. But disrupting uh, a speaker? No. Disrupting a class? No. Um, Intimidating students, harassing students? No. That's not okay. And that's especially not okay for a lawyer. And so I'm interested in seeing what bar associations will have to say about uh, some of this. I'm interested in seeing what employers, judges, again, I'm opposed to what a couple of judges did. They wrote to the Yale Law School um, and said, we're not going to hire any law clerks anymore from law school. No, no, we shouldn't do that. There are good kids at the law school. Um, I was one of them 60 years ago. Um, And you shouldn't paint with a broad brush. But if a Judge says, I'm not hiring a law clerk who disrupts another federal judge and doesn't allow him to speak. I applaud that. I wouldn't hire him. I wouldn't hire him as a researcher. I've had 100 research assistants. I wouldn't hire somebody who engaged in that kind of disruption. I actually hired one of my main research assistants who I had for, I think, over, over a year, maybe even almost two years, was an active member of the National Lawyers Guild. I didn't discriminate against him, even though I, we argued all the time, and, I, and, and I, I disagreed with him, but he didn't do anything. He didn't stop anybody from speaking. He didn't walk out on a client because the client might have been a conservative. He behaved like the great lawyer he is, and he's now a very distinguished lawyer in, in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I actually send cases to him. Um, I don't know whether he's still a member of the National Lawyers Guild. I don't care. That's his uh, political view. I would care if he adopted the tactics of the National Lawyers Guild and joined in uh, a uh, a shouting down of a federal judge or joined in uh, other activities which are not protected by the by the Constitution. So. I never repeat programs. I talked about Stanford on Monday. Now I've talked about Stanford on Wednesday, but it's a different matter because I've learned a few things. I learned that this was all organized by the National Lawyers Guild. I learned that it was the National Lawyers Guild that protested, uh, headed the protests against the dean for having apologized. And I've learned that the National Lawyers Guild is planning to conduct these um, sometimes violent, but always censorial um, protests, protests are okay, uh, but not protests that shut down speakers. The National Lawyers Guild is in favor of shutting down speakers. They don't try to hide it. They're not in favor of just picketing or heckling or asking hard questions. They are in favor of suppressing freedom of speech of people with whom they disagree. Of course they are. That's what Stalin did. That's what Mao did. That's what Castro did. The National Lawyers Guild supported all of them, supported Mao, supported Cuba, uh, Castro, and supported uh, Stalin uh, and supported Lenin uh, and 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 considered itself now a Marxist-Leninist organization. So, learn the truth and evaluate the people and understand that this is not something that's going to stop at Stanford, that's going to stop at Yale, that's going to stop at the University of Pennsylvania, that's going to stop at Georgetown. It's going to continue everywhere. And again, I wonder whether even I, who am a liberal Democrat, uh, who support many of the goals of fair taxation and health care and the environment uh, that are shared by members of the National Lawyers Guild, whether I would be permitted to make an un- I don't care about interruptions. I've been interrupted plenty of times. The University of California some years ago, uh, there was a shouting. Every, they tried to shout me down, and the police came and uh, arrested the, uh, the, the, the people who shouted me down. I, you know, I come from Brooklyn. I just shouted louder than they did. I wouldn't be intimidated. The same thing happened to me at University of Massachusetts. In that case, the dean who was there uh, stopped my speech, um, and um, I thought very seriously about, about bringing a lawsuit, but I was allowed to make most of my speech. And so I decided against it. But if I were ever stopped from giving a speech at a public university, see it in court. I can tell you right now, see it in court. I'm not going to tolerate being censored by public institutions or public universities, whether they be uh, public colleges, uh, public law schools, public libraries, or anything else. I'm going to fight for the First Amendment. I've been fighting for the First Amendment all my life. I'm going to continue to fight for the First Amendment. I've almost always fought for the First Amendment rights of others. And I will fight for my own First Amendment rights. Let's remember what Justice Thurgood Marshall, who used to belong to the National Lawyers Guild and quit. Remember what Thurgood Marshall said when he was a justice of the United States Supreme Court. He said the right of free speech under the First Amendment includes not only the right of the speaker to speak, but the right of the audience to listen. They are two sides of the same coin. And so the dean and president of Stanford ought to be apologizing not only to the judge who was denied the right to speak, but to the students who are denied the right to hear and the right to listen. And deans all over the United States have to be prepared for what is coming, because what is coming will make what happened at Yale and at Stanford and at Georgetown look like a minor disruption. These disruptions work from the point of view of the student disruptors. And so they're going to continue. They're going to continue until they're stopped. I agree there is a First Amendment right to heckle. There is a First Amendment right to protest. There's a First Amendment right to wear black masks and tell the dean what you think of them. But let's remember where the lines in the First Amendment stop. And they stop at disrupting a speaker and not allowing the speaker to speak. They stop at disrupting a class. They stop at intimidating and harassing people who invited the speaker. All of that has happened and it's going to continue to happen. So stay tuned. And this is going to be your central location for where I'm going to report on these developments. Because I have to tell you. I am the world's leading expert on that issue. Why am I the world's leading expert? I taught for 50 years at Harvard, so I know universities. I've devoted my life to defending the First Amendment. I support protests. I supported protesters during the Vietnam War. There is no one who has more experience in this area than I do, and probably very few people who have as much passion about this as I do. And very few who are as neutral about this, it doesn't matter to me whether it's the right or the left, the Democrats or Republicans who are doing the disruption, I don't care about that. I care about the process of free speech, the process of academic freedom, the process of open-mindedness, and the process of uh, neutral approaches to these fundamental freedoms. So you're going to hear a lot more about this as time goes on, because I do not believe it will have stopped at Stanford or any of the other places where it has occurred. Before we get to the letters, let me remind you once more, uh, the new book out uh, publication days tomorrow. I'll be on uh, Megan Kelly's uh, uh, podcast. Uh, the name of the book is get Trump. Uh, and it's all about the threat of civil liberties. Uh, and, and, these two issues come together because the same kind of people that are prepared to sacrifice the Constitution to get Trump are the same kind of people who are prepared to sacrifice the freedom to speak and the freedom to listen in order to get conservatives. Um, and, you know, I don't agree with a lot of what the conservatives have to say. I just agree with their right to say it. I don't agree with a lot of what President Trump has said and done, but I surely defend his right not to be targeted and singled out for selective prosecution, which is what the, tr- the get Trump mentality does. To get, get Trump. Get the book, get Trump. Read it. Uh, in fact, my first letter is, just received your book, get Trump. Love it so far. Great perspective. Thank you. Thank you, mother. No, no, no. That was just somebody named Tony uh, Farandino, 17 hours ago. So thank you. Some more letters. Okay. Institutions of higher learning, including law schools, are not interested in diversity of thought or one's arguments and reasoning. There is interest only in one's politics, one's political objectives, and identity. We're in a new dark age with the American Academy at its center. Keep fighting the good fight, Professor, you always have, but we're living in a Kafkaesque nightmare with no end in sight. Well, I hope there is going to be an end in sight. I hope the pendulum will swing away from this repressive, progressive um, <clears throat> analysis to a more reasonable analysis. Again, I identify as a, a liberal centrist and I strongly support conservative centrists as well. What I reject are the extremists on both sides. Professor Dersh is a modern day freedom fighter. We hope someday he, that will hold the future. Will someone take the reins if any form of jurist has any hope or survival? Uh, look, I, I'm not ready to give up the reins yet. I'm still fighting the good fight. I'm still in there battling. Uh, but I hope there are young people who are prepared to do in years to come what I've done for so many, so many years and will hope to continue to come. Um, love your point about promoting intellectual Diversity. Remember, I propose that Stanford, now every school, should appoint a dean for intellectual diversity, a dean for free speech, a dean of tolerance. Um, okay. Uh, we talked about um, whether the word they is, is an appropriate word. I say I use it to describe somebody who uh, doesn't want to be called him or her. So here's a response. They is no more plural than you. And while the singular is less common, it has been in use in years for centuries in English. There is no grammar distortion there. The real crime is the singular y'all. Well, I come from, my wife comes from Charleston, so y'all is very familiar to me. In Brooklyn, we had a different word. Hey, use guys, use guys. So is use singular or plural? Look, idiom. Permits anything. Language is flexible and fluid, and let's not become prisoners of language, you guys, okay? Okay. Professor, with all due respect, your liberal views and policy beliefs pace the way for what we have today. Uh, What have you learned from all this? Perhaps you have reconsidered your liberal beliefs. Absolutely not. There is nothing more different than what happened at Stanford than liberalism liberalism is open-mindedness liberalism is a willingness to hear all sides of an issue liberalism is not uh punishing people for their points of view liberalism is free speech liberalism is due process liberalism is exactly the opposite of what we're hearing from the extreme extreme left and from the extreme extreme right so three cheers for liberalism two cheers for conservatism uh, I'm a liberal, not a conservative, but I admire conservatives as long as they support, and they do for the most part, free speech, due process, and tolerance. See you next week.